You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Their big hits called Plans, Birds of Tokyo. They'll be performing after the last there on Saturday night at Menangle for the world's richest harness event where Queenslander Leap to Fame is a short price favourite. But in saying that, he's just eased out, has he, Chris, slightly given the draw. Good morning to you. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. A crowd of 10,000 is expected at Menangle there on Saturday night for the Tab Eureka, the inaugural running of this race, a slot race-style concept. And the barrier draw was revealed this morning. Now, the field is not available via the harness.org website, but let's go to the TAB website and the barrier draw is available. So let's see uh, how they're going to line up here in uh, in barrier draw order behind the gate for this 2,400-metre contest. So we've got Captain Hammerhead 1, The Lost Storm 2, Encipher 3, Speak the Truth 4, Magician 5, Rip 6, uh, Captain Ravishing, seven. Catch a Wave, eight. Leap to Fame, nine. And My Ultimate, Ronnie, ten. So the emergency, Steve, naturally gifted, will wear Saddlecloth, two. Don Hugo, Saddlecloth, three. Uh, Tim's a Trooper, Saddlecloth, nine. And He's a Son of a Gun, Saddlecloth, number four. Uh, saddlecloth, number ten, I should say. So they're the four emergencies for this race. So Leap to Fame is drawn towards the outside there, of the front row in that feature. When I did the market initially, following the draw, $1.70, now $1.80, and a leap to fame, three eighty catch a wave and four eighty the lost storm. Obviously, you've got a lot to, to look at, Chris, um, but just initial observation about speed in the race uh, off the gate. What's well, catch a wave, if they, yeah, well, if catch a wave wants to lead, he'll lead this field. He's so quick off the arm. He, he proved that when he was in Sydney earlier this year, winning the Chariots of Fire and the Miracle Mile. So if they want to press the button early with catch a wave, and I think they will because uh, I think they'll try and hold that advantage over their rivals, given that leap to fame that, that the biggest rival is drawn on his outside. I think if they want to lead, they can lead this field. So... It'll be interesting. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk between now and, and, and race time on who's going to lead this field up. But, uh, yeah, there would have been a couple of disappointed connections there, obviously. Uh, my Alderman Ronnie, he's one that goes right out the gate. The fact that he's drawn the outside, so he's facing Mission Impossible. And I suppose with Leap to Fame drawing wide, it probably just opens up the price. So punters can actually back this superstar pacer. He's the horse to beat, there's no question. Your old mate, Captain Ravishing. Apparently he sparkled in a workout between races yesterday. It's such a roller coaster with his horse. He's in, he's out. You don't know what to expect. But he's now into $12. He was much as $17 when markets closed down for that uh, unbelievable amount of time there earlier in the week. But uh, he's been a firmer since the barrier draw. And uh, the Lost Storms also just come in a few points as well, now trading at 480 the three-year-old. Mm. Interesting when we go back, if we could reflect on maybe over the past 12 months and some of these big open company group ones at Menangle, you know, where the horses, uh, where they came from, position in running, I mean, to win, Chris. Um, it'd be an interesting exercise, I reckon. Because mm. um, a lot of them, it's very hard to do work and win, isn't it, uh, in these big races? Yeah, you, you don't want to be sitting one off the fence. You, you've either got to be in front or on the peg line somewhere where the leader's back three fence or even four fence. So I think it would be rare to see horses sitting away from the mark line and winning these big ones at Menangle. Yeah, and you see a lot in America, don't you, uh, with those big tracks over there, uh, that sort yeah. of racing. Chantel Turpin is with us. Chantel, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Now, yesterday, news came through that one of your star performers, one of the best horses in Queensland, Big Wheels, has been sold. I find this really interesting in many ways. So, firstly, is it true? Can you confirm that he has been sold and his future now lies overseas? Yeah, he has been sold. Um, the, the truck picked him up this morning. Okay, so was it simply a case 
of, of the offer just being too good to refuse or was there more to it? Um, no, we, we didn't really want to see him go. There's been um, plenty of tears here this morning, but with the, the uncertainty of the future of Metro Racing in Queensland over the next period with the tracks, um, it was probably just a, an offer that we probably couldn't refuse with the uncertainty. Okay. The other thing too, given that the Inner Dominion is in your backyard and it's only, what, it's less than 100 days away, was was it just tempting to, to hold on to him just to get through that series and then look at selling or they wanted him now and that was final? Yeah, they have been talking about um, signing for a while and, and we kept knocking it back because we didn't, we, obviously we didn't want to lose him. Um, but... Yeah, I, we were just a little worried that if we kept him for the inter and then that we've, we've got the no metro track for who knows how long for, um, we'd like we'd either have to our stable move to Menangle or we would have to move over to the states. So um, yeah, we just opted to just sell him and hopefully he does a good job over there. Well, this is not the first big-name horse that's been sold from your stable in recent times. Uh, Hemsworth comes to mind. He looked like he was going to be an open-class horse of the future at the time of his sale. And Uncle Shank was a, a very good horse, and I'm sure there would have been um, a little bit of reluctance about selling him. But, uh, again, I think the offer was just too good to refuse. So you're losing these horses that you're building from the very beginning, Hemsworth, you bought from New Zealand, Uncle Shank, you've had from a, the, the, the day dot. So Big Wheels is much the same. So it, it's a little concerning that, uh, you know, these good horses in particular from your stable are, are heading overseas. Yeah, it is. Like, um, obviously, we all want our, our decent horses and um, there's just, yeah, with the, the no metro racing, it's probably... Well, there will be metro racing, but no metro track really in Queensland for a period. It's very worrying. So where does that leave your number one horse, Black Sedans? He's the track record holder. No horse has gone faster at Albion Park or in Queensland than Black Sedans. He's got the track record, 49-2. What does his future look like? Um, well, he'll, he'll probably always stay with us, um, but when... When the time does come, the Albion is gone, and if Norwell's not up and going, um, we've probably yeah just got to decide what we do. Do we move or do we send him to a different trainer? That's not ideal. To, no, it's not. He won't be able to handle the Redcliffe track, and there's nothing against Redcliffe. It's just some horses can't get around it with the the triangle shape. Hmm. It's concerning. Yeah, it is pretty concerning. Do you think, honestly, that Norwell could be built by the time Albion Park, they pull the shutters down there? Um, I think if maybe they just worry about the track and very basic things, let's just get there so we can have a, a decent-sized track for our horses um, and then worry about the training side later. I think, yes, there is a chance of that. But um, last I heard, the... The plans probably still weren't at the council, so I know it took the Greyhounds a fair while to get them through the council. Mm. So, in essence, though, do you think we've learned anything from, from what the Greyhounds have gone through? <laughs> um, well, I think the government taking Albion earlier probably has thrown a spanner in the work, but, um, yeah, I think maybe we just need to fit in, get it done now and... Everyone probably has an opinion of the size of the track that we want, but I think the main thing is we have a, a metro track. Let's just start it. Mm. You, you're one of the biggest trainers in the state. You've been the, the leading trainer uh, at Albion Park previously, so you've got every right to comment on this question that I'm going to pose to you. But in your honest opinion, do you think a replacement track will be built once Albion Park is reclaimed? Pete and I were actually only speaking about that the other day. Um, we, we obviously were talking about the Gold Coast, and um, I, I can't see how they can't give us a track, but it is also very worrying that we didn't get a replacement for Gold Coast. Mm. And as it stood back then, we had the two best tracks in Australia, but be it Parklands and Albion Park, they were identical in size and shape, and uh, we've lost one and we're about to lose the other. So. 
I can understand if you, you are a bit reluctant about thinking that um, no track is going to be, you know, forthcoming in the future. Yeah, and we, we were probably a little lucky that the last few years we've ventured into the broodmares and the stallions, so we may have something to fall back into, but that's also worrying because a lot of breeders are getting rid of mares because of it. Mm. And that's a really valid point as well. Um, a, a lot of breeders are starting to scale back because of this uncertainty of what the future holds. If we don't have that metro track, a lot of breeders are starting to think, well, what's the point in breeding? So breeding season is upon us now. We're about to go into September at the uh, end of the week. So you've got stallions. What's the early vibe like from breeders? Are they still there or is it not as chaotic as what you probably expected? Um, look, we've still got a fair few bookings, um, but we thought this time last year we probably had a few more. So um, I think people are very worried about it. Um, I think with our bookings, I think there's probably only five Queenslanders booked in from the three stallions. Um, most of them are interstaters, so um, I think Queenslanders are probably a bit worried of breeding. Mm. And that's understandable. Yeah, definitely. Um, even eating ourselves, we've got 15 broodmares of ours and um, we're not going to breed with some of ours this year just because of the fact of you have no idea where we're going to be. Yeah, yeah. Just on the stallion, so uh, you've got a rock and roll dance, world class, proven time and time again. What about this new stallion, Catch the Fire? When does he arrive in Queensland? He's actually down at Golden Valley at the moment getting some frozen semen. Um, they've started the, the New Zealand um, collecting, so we had to do extra quarantine for that. Um, so um, we're hoping he will be up here next week. Okay, and what's the what's the early reports from those uh, on the ground at Goulburn there? What what are they telling you as far as uh, you know his personality traits? Is he is he easy to handle? Yeah, they actually love him. Uh, we deal with a, a lady called Tan, and um, she loves him down there. She said he's such a cruisy guy, so very looking forward to getting him. Yeah, I was going to say, like for you and Pete, th this is a this is a big venture, you know, uh, getting a horse that's so impeccably well bred. Like he's by Captain Treacherous out of Better's a Better's Delight mare, so there's no better bloodlines right now, and he's one of the fastest horses of all time. So for you and Pete, th this is a big throw at the stumps here. Yeah, it is. Um, we're, we're pretty excited about having him. We we made the leap last year to go into the stallions and um, we, we probably weren't expecting to get a stallion like him like this quite uh, quick into the into it, but um, we've been fortunate enough to to be able to secure, secure him and we're pretty excited. All right, so probably by the end of next week, he'll be on, uh, on, on site there at Somerset Farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, he'll probably be here by the end of next week. Okay. I'm tipping there's going to be a fair few that will want to get out and have a good look at him. Yeah, we've actually had a few people that have spoke to us about booking him, uh, booking a mare into him, but they just want to come out and see him and that. So, um, yeah, once, once he's here, we'll let everyone know that has asked and, yeah. All right. Now, also, with the stallions, ha have you partnered with Yabby Dam Farms' Pat Driscoll? Are you going to be standing a trotting stallion this season? Yeah, um, we're standing classic connection. Uh, Pat and Louise come up during our winter carnival and they, they come out to our place and uh, we had a chat and, um, yeah, we've, we um, they asked, approached us about standing a stallion, so we, we jumped at the opportunity and, yeah, he's, he's arrived already. He's pretty placid dude. He's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to him as well. All right, can I ask, was he put back into work earlier in the year? I think he was. I think he had a trial, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened there. Okay, so t tell tell me this: Has <laughs> there been any? You know where I'm going here. Is there any temptation from Pete just to throw, you know, a bridle on and put the sulky behind him and think into Dominion just at the end of the year? Let's just see if he's got a, a motor and uh, see if he's close. <laughs> When has Pete never had temptation? Every day he talks about putting dance in the bike and working him, and I'm like, not a chance. So, so it's a no. He's going to be told <laughs> this horse is a no-go. It's just stallion duties only. Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. So how did that come about, that association with Pat Driscoll? Um, I just had a, an email from Louise, um, and 
she just organised to catch up when they were up here for the uh, the that trot race that they sponsored, and um, it just went from there, and it's been great ever since. Okay, awesome. All right, well, they're, they're the stallions standing at Somerset Farm. Just going back to the paces, so the fact that you're losing big wheels or you, you've lost big wheels, so he's been sold, was there any sort of offers tabled for your derby runner-up, uh, Whisper a Secret, uh, after after the carnival? Yeah, there was. Um, there was an offer, and I did think he was... It was before the derby, actually, and I did think he was sold, but when he became second in the derby... Um, the owner decided to keep him. Okay. That would have been a blow to lose him and then Big Wheels. Well, I actually said to Pete yesterday because they're both um, my favourites. I said if they both went, that was it. I was out. I wasn't coming down the back anymore. Mm, well, it would have been a, a tough pill to swallow, no doubt. So as it stands, from your stable, Turpin McMullen, for the Inter-Dominion, uh, which is less than 100 days away, as I mentioned, Black Sedance is going to be your main go for the pacing series and Gus, he'll be amongst nominations for the Trotters series? Yeah, we've actually also put um, Mr McLaren in the pacing series as well um, and Sugar and Spice in the Trotters series. OK, all right. So a one-two punch for both pacers and trotters. Yeah, yeah. All right. So just in wrapping up this morning... Um, if any officials out there and they're listening, what do you tell them? I don't know. What can you tell them? I think it may be out of their hands a little bit with the government. I feel like they're probably in a hard spot, but we just need a a, a thousand metre or bigger track so we can keep our, our good horses here. It's all right mm. taking them to, reg, them to Regbeth every now and again, but you can't do it week in, week out. Yeah. The ramifications are going to be huge, aren't they? Oh, it's, it's personally, I think it will ruin. We're, we're in such a good position at the moment, Queensland. I think we'll take ten steps back doing this. All right. Uh, just in closing this morning, uh, I know Pete had a good time when he went to Europe to represent Australia at the World Drivers Championship. How did you handle the travel? <laughs> yeah, no, not real good. Um, I'm a real bad sleeper as it is, so the jet lag really. Um, smashed me. I've only really started sleeping the last few days. Okay, so it was about 24 hours door-to-door -door from Brisbane to Amsterdam? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I think the most sleep I got over there was four hours in one night, so um, yeah, no, the travel didn't, I didn't handle the travel world really good, but it was great to get over there, meet, um, meet new people and make life, lifelong friends. All right, so not keen on the travel part, but you're keen to catch up with your new friend. The Canadians were quite friendly, I'm told. Yeah, no, they were really great. Um, Doug had a, a pretty big support crew there, and, um, yeah, no, they were all great. Awesome. I really appreciate the time. Disappointed to, to, to lose big wheels to North America, but uh, he'll give us something to follow over there. It'll be fascinating to see how he adjusts. Yeah, every Sunday morning, Uncle Shane Crazy's feet gets us all the girls, like us girls, up to watch him. So we'll have another horse to follow now. All right. So it, it is Canada, or, or or is it North America? Um, I actually don't know where he is. I think he might be going to North America, actually. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be following closely. Appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. No worries. Thank you. There's Chantel Turpin joining us. So big wheels done and dusted as far as that deal is concerned. So he's uh, headed to North America, Steve. So just one of many. Uh, we saw some moments somewhere just recently go. So he was another open class performer, uh, head to the north uh, or, or north of the equator. And, uh, you know, this this is concerning, but uh, maybe this is going to be a trend uh, that the Yanks might be onto it, knowing that uh, we're ripe for the picking and uh, they'll start taking... All of our open class stars. Well, not sort of money they're paying, Chris. We know in the thoroughbred world, if you've got a really good one, they're over a million. Uh, you've got a horse that's won a couple of races, you know, particularly in the metro area. You know, often between, you know, three to six hundred thousand. So. Well, I can tell you, those two horses that I just mentioned, some moment, somewhere, in big wheels, uh, six figures. Okay, Matt mm. Wright's with us. Matty Wright, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. So this year a little different. We had uh, harness racing at the Ecker, but tonight we've got all the finals from those that competed at the Ecker going around at Rickliffe tonight. So this is new. How did you find it? Uh, I actually think it's really good. Um, I think it makes it a lot more fair for the horses. And 
I think it actually made the show racing a lot of a, a better spectacle for the crowd. Okay. Now, racing was meant to happen every day, but there were a few days it, it, it didn't happen. What happened there? Uh, it was just the state of the track. It just really... It wasn't safe some of the days, like, and, yeah, it wasn't worth risking hurting any of the horses to sort of send them around on it. And, mm. yeah, hopefully sort of next year, well, they might be a bit more on top of it and we can race every day. That would be yeah. sort of really good because the crowd really gets behind it. Mm. Is it a quick fix? Like, given that uh, there's so much traffic uh, on that track, uh, you've got cars, motorbikes, uh, all sorts of uh, uh, animals going across the track on and off all day long. But is it a quick fix? Is it something that could be maintained going forward? I think it probably could be. Um, but they'd probably have to maybe get on top of the track more before the show and okay. sort of have it easier to maintain during it rather than try to patch it up as it goes along. All right. Now, tell me, you've got nine horses engaged tonight uh, and they're going around in these Garrard's Big Dog Pet Foods Echo Show finals. So did you have any stars throughout uh, the Echo the that, you know, are lining up tonight? Um, on no sort of real standouts. They're all sort of a pretty even bunch. But um, I think Arnie Francis and uh, probably Man of Action are the two sort of better horses that are in it. Okay. Did they perform well during the the, the, the show, though? Ah, uh, yeah, they did. They yeah, come okay. through it really well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with the race four. You've got two runners in this one, uh, Auntie Francis, who you just mentioned, and Let's Go to the Hop. So, what are the expectations with this pair? Uh, well, Let's Go to the Hop. He's first up for close to two years, so it's more just sort of getting him back to racing. I'll be happy to just sort of see him go around. Um, Arnie Francis, I think if she steps and can be somewhere up top, I think she'll be very hard to beat. Okay, yeah. so a good push there for Arnie Francis. What about in race six? You've got two horses, both off the front row here. Kiang SpongeBob and today's hero. Which one do you fancy here? Uh, probably Kiang SpongeBob. If he can find a, if he can sort of step away and find a helmet somewhere in the first four, uh, like he. He's sort of a, a nice little sit-and-sprint horse when things go his way. But if he ends up a bit too far back or doesn't step, it's it's a bit hard for him. OK, and you've got Jillaby Gizmo drawn to your inside there. So is that a good thing or is that a, a bad thing? Uh, they have sort of crossed each other before and it, each one have crossed each other. So I think it's all just who's on their better manners at the day. Yep, who times it right. So we'll wait and, and watch with right. interest. Yeah, OK. Yeah. Uh, race number eight, you've got Man of Action, who you mentioned before, and Tap the Keg. Uh, Man of Action looks like he's going to be one of the major players here. And you've got Nathan Dawson driving. So are you leaning towards him? Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's sort of... Nathan's driven him uh, from a stand once before and he stepped him away really quick. And uh, Nathan won on him two starts back at Marburg there by over 20 metres, so I think if he can sort of get him away and find the front, I'd yeah, I'd be sort of fairly confident with him. Okay, and tap the keg, is he a place hope here? Uh, I think if he sort of steps away and posies up sort of nice and handy, he will be. Like, he's done a, a fair job sort of since we got him from Newcastle. Like, I think he's run four or five placings, so he... He's honest, and it's been a long time sort of between wins for him, but he's he's turned the corner sort of since being in Queensland. All right. Well, hopefully they can both race well there. The last race tonight, you've got the three runners here. So you've got Chang. Uh, is it Takeda? Uh, Takeda. Takeda, righto. And Subtle Shea. So of that trio, which one do you like here? Uh, he's probably drawn the worst of them, but uh, Subtle Shea... Um, being off the second row off 10 metres there is a bit tricky, but, yeah, I think um, I think Nathan can sort of get the best out of him too. Uh, okay. He's, yeah, he's a pretty lightly raced fella, but, yeah, he's, he spends more time in the money than out of it. And 
yeah, he's just sort of, uh, this will be his third race start back in this prep, and, yeah, he just sort of seems to be stepping back up again. Okay. And Chang and Takeda, do you give them any sort of hope? Um, Takeda, if she sort of gets a, a run through, um, she might be a bit of a chance, and Chang, it's, he's going to need a lot of luck from being outside of the 10 metres there. Yeah, he's... If he was to land handy, he would be, but it's... It, yeah, it's going to be hard from being drawn out that wide. All right. So, four finals tonight. They're all big fields. 13, standing start conditions, 1780, so they're replicating the show. So, $10,000 each of these finals. They're going to be keenly contested races. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're... Yeah, they're going to be evenly ran, and it's it's going to be a sort of good showcase of race Okay, I've got to ask the question. So you being at the show for the week, was there something that stood out uh, that's going around in one of these finals tonight that just looks so obvious in your opinion? Um, well, Tim's horse, Major Dawn, like he's definitely the, the class horse. But 30 metres over the 7 and 80 is the, the big question there, I think. But he's, yeah, he's definitely the, the best horse that contested the shows. Okay. Your best chance tonight, would that be uh, Man of Action? I'd say Man of Action. He'd right. sort of be the number one chance. All right. And how did you assess the show this year, the Echo? Did it feel uh, like it normally does? Was there a good vibe there? Was what you tell me? Oh, I thought it was really good there. It was, I think, um, the actual races being at Redcliffe, it was, uh, no pressure and it was more yeah more just um, everyone was happy to be there it was it was a really good environment all right so and this is the way of the future then yeah yeah I think right. it definitely is I think it's by far the best decker that they've ran since show racing's been uh, back around okay all right well hopefully there's a winner for you uh there tonight and it's good prize money as i said ten thousand dollar finals there's four of them and you've got multiple runners in each of the finals so uh job well done getting them all qualified and uh hopefully you can get a winner or two tonight yeah thanks chris it'd be nice to get a one or two winners home all right well appreciate the time we'll see you trackside tonight yep i'll see you down there tonight chris there's Matty Wright joining us. So he's got uh, a stack of runners in those uh, Garrard's Big Dog Pet Foods Echo Show finals tonight. So there's four on the program tonight, Steve. So they're going to keenly be uh, they're mm. going to be keenly contested races. So interesting. Maybe they can fix that track and um, it'll be right to go for next year. But by the sound of it, this is the way to do it. Have the the, the races at the Echo finals at Redcliffe. Ryan Spice with us, Chris. Ryan, good morning. Morning, Mr. Barsley. Now, we finally got there with a barrier draw this morning. Um, what was the, the main takeaway for you? Uh, probably the main takeaway for me, Chris, is that the, uh, the running order or the way the map's going to settle is um, way more clear-cut now. With Miles McRonnie drawing outside the front row, I'm thinking he's forced to go back. So uh, catchaways will saunter to the top, and uh, that's how they'll settle down. All right. So where does that leave the Queenslander then, Leap to Fame? Has, has he got to sit park to win this, you know, feature event? Yeah, I don't think Grant can go back to last, that's for sure. I think he probably just needs to come out in neutral and then at least be working up and around to sit outside, catch a wave from, say, the top of the front straight the first time. Um, yeah, he has to sit park. I think we're going to need to see a uh, Black for Fake S-type performance but I think he's certainly up to the job after such a stellar winter campaign. OK, so he's going to have to earn it if he's going to win this race. Now, the other thing with that, so if Catchawave is in front and Leap to Fame's parked out, the prize spot is going to be sitting, obviously, on the back of Leap to Fame. Who do you think could land that position? Uh, I definitely think Speak the Truth. Um, is probably the most likely horse to, to sit 1-1 one, one or 1-2 one, there. Um, the Lost Storm... Without a doubt, we see this 2,400-metre start. It certainly hurts those drawn low. The outside horses get a fair slingshot, so I'm sure Speak the Truth is going to make uh, a big play to try to get over and find the fence. Uh, Magician's not blessed with early speed. Rip, I can't see them pushing the button. 
And we know they've declared on Captain Ravishing he'll be driven for one run. So, yeah, I think the Queenslander speak the truth is in the box seat to to sit close and handy with cover. He's a legitimate top three player, isn't he? Oh, absolutely, Chris. I love yeah. him. He's by the right side. He, uh, there's no quit in him. Yeah, I think he'll definitely run top five. All right. I've got to ask you about Captain Ravishing. It's... It's been a real roller coaster. The, the build-up for Captain Ravishing going into the other uh, tab, Eureka, up, down. They're, they're raving about his workout yesterday. He, he's the, the mystery runner of this field. There's no question he hasn't started since the Miracle Mile earlier this year, and he's going into a 2,400-metre Group 1 contest. So how do you assess him? Oh, it's very difficult, Chris, but I think... If this horse was to win this race, it'd be the greatest training performance in history. Mm. To run top four, I think, would be an achievement in itself. For me, 2,400 metre contest that shapes as being, that will be brutally run. I just, uh, I have to be hard against him and I think the $12 is is clear unders. Okay. You've watched the trial replay from last week, no doubt. It, it, It didn't instill any confidence, did it? Yeah, the trial uh, over a week ago was, you know, you'd suggest he was going to come out of the race based on that. He was better uh, this week when he trialled with Jason Grimson driving. But in saying that, they just dawdled and then ripped a half and every horse in this field with that type of race shape would have run the sectionals that he ran. So, um, yeah, he's one I'll be taking on. Okay. So, in a nutshell, you're backing Leap to Fame or Catch a Wave? Yeah, I think for the punters, you're going to get a nice drift now with Leap to Fame because the map's so clear-cut and there's no question about... Um, if Leap had have drawn under Catch a Wave, you know, some would have been thinking, can he do enough to, to push forward and to lead? And maybe that would have been reflected in his price. But um, he might head out closer to $2 around start time, so we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, but, yeah, Chris, he's still the horse to beat. OK, so that's a possibility. He could trend towards black figures. I think so. Yeah, now the way that the barrier draw has shaped, definitely. All right. Before I let you go, uh, is there anything on that program that just stands stands out for you? It's a good support card, really strong indeed. So is there something that stands out? Yeah, Chris, one that caught my eye in one of the two-year-old Colts events is a runner by the name of the Greek General to be driven by Luke McCarthy. Uh, he's only had four starts, this horse, but he got to breeze up in 53, winning his heat here. Um, I like the progression that he's made. He's a nice type. Um, I think the 5 to $6 that's out there is a pretty nice each-way bet. All right, so $5 right now at tab. That is race four, horse six, the Greek general. Have you got a tip for the Lensmith Mile? Uh, no, very even race, Chris. I think there's probably half a dozen legitimate winning chances. I think uh, my angle will be to play exotics and anchor Spirit of St. Louis in there for the place. Uh, we know his record in, in these Grand Circuit type events is, is outstanding and he's a perennial place getter. And now that he's come up with Barrier One, um, that'll be my angle. Um, better Eclipse can win, Rock and Roll Do can win. And the way we see Hot and Treacherous shaping up, if uh, if they go crazy, he can certainly be in the finish as well. The spirit of Louis, uh, St. Louis try and lead all the way, Ryan? Uh, for me, it's 50-50, Steve. I think he, he will either hold or McDonald will be leading. So one of the two. The only thing I am sure is, is that South Coast Arden is probably the one to, to sit past out. Okay. All right. Well, it's going to be a, a great night. You're going to be trackside. Appreciate the time this morning and enjoy the night. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a great card of racing. Lots of strong Queensland contingents, so good luck to all connections. Are you a Birds of Tokyo fan? Uh, sure. Let's say yes. Mm. So you're staying back after last? Uh, well, the last finish is uh, bright and early, Steve, at 9.15. So, yeah, we won't be looking to go home <laughs> too early. <laughs> it's about an hour out of the city, Chris, you were saying yesterday. Thanks, Ryan. Cheers. <laughs> Ryan Spice. So it's not like somewhere you can get in an Uber, Chris, when you leave and say, oh, you know, it's a fair yeah. old drive. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a fair hike from Sydney City, that's for sure. So, but, uh, you know, if you're a Harness fan, and I know there's plenty going to do the trip this way again, they're going to head down, take in the action, take the trek out to, uh, to Campbelltown and um, take in some great racing there. So it's going to be a good night.
Darren Clayton's with us. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. How are you? So, yeah, what do you make morning. of this barrier draw? How do you make heads or tails of it? Yeah, well, I think um, certainly makes it a, probably a little bit trickier for Leap to Fame. It's just, um, well, to speak the truth, probably a big winner. That's that's as best as he could have drawn, obviously, um, with the emergencies out gate four. Um, is the best you can do with the three-year-olds and, and the mare drawn to the inside. So um, he he's done well. The Hayden winner, the racing Queensland slot holder, speak the truth. And um, so he, he probably gets the opportunity to settle up pretty close there early on. I think the big thing with the 2400, it's a little bit different to a mile. They're not going to want to be firing out, you know, all guns blazing straight after the start uh, and then try and... Uh, you know, run the risk of, of getting fired up for that full journey. So I, I think they'll be just a little bit steadier early on and that probably allows Speak the Truth to get a pretty good spot soon after the start. Um, leap to fame, I think he's just got that sustained ability to, to keep uh, moving into the race, which will really help him and I guess catch the wave he just goes forward. Interesting that Captain Ravishing, they've said they'll come with one run, yet he probably... With him drawing inside his two main rivals, you know, do you, does that change in that wanting They've to got stay to ahead of both? Yeah, you know, you to stay ahead of Catch a Wave and Leap the Fame, and but again, it's just such an unconventional path that they're going with him, and yeah, it'll be. Um, I think they'll be either in the in the penthouse or in the in the cellar if uh, one way or the other depending on what happens with him all right so captain ravishing sparkled in a workout yesterday uh, on course there between races catch a wave trialed yesterday at, uh, at melton uh his home base and uh he was brilliant uh, you look at the vision there he really savaged the line coming from a long way back and it was a fast last half so i think it was clocked around 54 flat for his last half but as you said the fact that he draws inside of leap to fame and he's got blistering gate speed i think they'll be pretty confident that they can go forward and you know give it a red hot crack of trying to go all the way yeah you'd have to think so i guess the other thing it's um you sort of the 2400 it's not the regular start point for the longer distance races at Menangle. 2300 is the the normal point so um it's just that extra 100 so it's a 100 meters closer to the to the turn into the back straight you know it shouldn't have too much effect really in terms of positioning but um you know it's we've seen with the 2300 meter just the the bread and butter races at Menangle. it's very hard for horses to lead all the way over the 2300 most of the winners over their journey tend to come from you know fence or, or back in the field so um it's interesting and um we've got you know the best of the best so um do you throw some of those statistical um sort of setups out the window because we are seeing the best of the best does that that change that perspective well, I don't know. I don't watch enough Menangle racing to really um, appreciate what difference that actually makes. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be a great race, that's for sure. Can Leap to Fame sit parked and win this race? I think he can. I, I think he absolutely can. Um, as good as Catch a Wave is, um, we've sort of sort of said um even looking back to to last year where the where catch a wave captain ravishing leap to fame rule sort of in that boat we all sort of there was a there was a common th sort of school of thought that the mile trip was was catch a waves the middle trip up to sort of 2100 2200 was captain ravishings and anything beyond that was leap to fame so um you know following that on um I think I think we can still look at Leap to Fame. I think he can just sustain uh, a higher speed for a longer period, and um, I think that that will be the the big difference here. Especially if um, Catch a Wave does ha have to do any work early on. It's just um, yeah, it's one of those races where it looks like. Um, there's probably really only two or three main chances and which one of those gets the run to win that race. And um, I think Leap to Fame 
can be a bit more versatile and and do the do the job for Queensland and for Grant Dixon. Okay, so Catchaway was able to do the big double earlier this year. Chariots into the Miracle Mile, obviously both sprint races. So. Can he stretch it out and lead all the way over 2,400 with a horse like Leap to Fame, you know, boring down on top of him? It's it's going to be a good challenge, so uh, it's going to be an exciting race. But they they clearly look the main too, don't they? They they look the class performers of this field. Yeah, they sure do, and that's um, they've pro they've earned their right to be there too. Um, you know, they've they've got the big wins on the board: Catch a Wave, the Chariots of Fire, and the Miracle Mile Double, Leap to Fame, the the big three derbies last year, and then um, you know the Sunshine Sprint just mi missed out in the in the Blacks of Fake where he had that issue. So um, you know they they've earned their right. The Lost Storms probably um, from where he's drawn. You know. Do, how hard they go out because you'd think Captain Hammerhead in, in gate one would want to sort of hold the early position and not let the Lost Storm across in front of him. So that might just sort of, you know, get a little bit of early speed there because, um, you know, if the Lost Storm's first to the fence, well, then he's handing over, you would think, to sort of the next horse on the scene, which would force Captain Hammerhead a further horse back. So um, first port of call for Dave Moran, you'd think he'd be holding out the Lost Storm. Whether he can do that, I don't know. So, um, you know, I think there's there's a little bit more in the sort of in those running in behind and then what sort of trip they can get or whether they can be effective in the, in the closing stages. So um, that'll be sort of a little entertainment in itself. All right. Do you like the fact that the emergencies are drawn in the field or does it make it look messy? Oh, it looks terrible, Chris. You've got a 10-horse line and we're looking at, um, you know, 14 horses, 12, 13 and 14. I, I really... Even normal races, I don't understand why we continue to draw emergencies in the field. I think for a long time now... It looks so much better if they're just drawn outside the field and the a bit like the Greyhounds, take the place of the first horse out. Um, yeah. You know, I know there can be different sort of permeations in draws and, and how that goes about, which sort of leads to that, but I think at the end of the day, if they're out of the field, it looks so much cleaner. We know horses won... Like if you're just a punter, you've you've heard all about the Eureka. You're reading about, oh yeah, I might go down and have a bet. And you you look at, say, a horse like Captain Ravishing, and you go, oh, gate eleven. How many do they start off the front at Menangle? Oh, they ten off mm. the front. So is he inside the second line? Mm. You know, and, that, and that's happened this week. We, like yeah, people exactly, have said, is, is there a second line? So and yeah. the th the other thing being, Chris, where is it? Has someone definitively said, say, any horse, say, say in Cypher's scratched, which horse goes into the field? Because I'm looking at the field now, Naturally Gifted, Emergency 1, Don Hugo, Emergency 1, Tim Satrupa, Emergency 1, He's a Son of a Gun, Emergency 1. Who goes mm. in? <laughs> and where is that clearly publicised? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, you know... Anyway. Is that up to the slot holder of Cypher to pick? Well, I think it well, is. According, according to the conditions, I don't think so, Steve. But then there's been some confusion over whether those conditions are accurate or not. Okay. So that's Something what I say. To work it's, the first, it's the first edition. There's going to be teething problems, no doubt. Um, but just some of these things that, I th in my opinion, don't need to be an issue. You know, you, you don't Can have the what-ifs. You just... Uh, eliminate those what-ifs straight off the bat. All right. Let me ask this question from a Queensland perspective. Can Soap Opera, Hot and Treacherous, Sure Thing Captain, Danger Zone or Tim's a Trooper be victorious on Saturday night? Um, I, I think Soap Opera can. I think she'll bounce back. I think she'll certainly take plenty of benefit out of that first look at Menangle. And I think driving her with a, with cover will be a big difference in that field. And I think it'll probably be a bit more tempo, which will suit her. She's certainly well in the uh, calculations. 
danger zone probably going to struggle a little bit he's just sort of struggling to get back anywhere near his best um, Tim's a trooper certainly in the mix whether he gets a start in the Eureka where um, I think even in the Eureka he'd be a solid place hope um, otherwise he's in the stockade where he's you know he'll be a he'll be a big threat there and hot and treacherous I think off the back of that trial and how he's going um, there'll be plenty of speed in that race and I think if he can sort of settle close enough without burning too hard in the early stages he's one that can certainly um, feature there as can sure thing captain I think um, you know he knows how to go around that longer track at Menangle the longer distance he um, he sort of competed in the New South Wales Derby earlier in the season um, over the same distance so he can certainly feature as well but uh, I think from a winning perspective outside of the Eureka I think Queensland's best hopes lie with Tim's a trooper and soap opera. Darren Enchris, is the distance the right distance or should this race be the longer trip, the 2300 next year? It is 2400, isn't it? It is 2300. Yeah, it's 2400. It? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's 2400. Now, I think that's that's probably about the right distance. It could probably go. I think ideally you would sort of 27, 2800, I think's a, a good yeah, trip. That's but what I was thinking. That, yeah, the longer trip. At, yeah, at Menangle, they wouldn't have the ability to start at those distances with the size of the track, Steve. So um, 2400. Their, their general racing over the longer trip is at twenty at 2,300. Um, they race, obviously, this race and the Derbies and the Oaks, they push back the extra 100, but traditionally, or mostly throughout the year, 2,300. So uh, oh, I think 2,400's good enough around that big track. It certainly yeah. sorts them out. That's what I was sure. just getting at, you know, you want more moves and that sort of thing in the race, don't yeah. you? The, yep. the other question, Darren, that you may have the answer to, because this was posed to me and I wasn't sure, did Menangle get it next year and the year after before it then goes on a rotation? What, what, what's the setup moving forward? I had no idea it was a rotation race, Chris. I thought it was just Menangle's race. Mm, okay. All right. Well, I'll follow that. Oh, is there, is, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I had no idea that... Uh, it was possibly that that was the case. Yeah. Well, Has there been discussion that it is, or? Well, I I think so, but I'll, I'll track that down and I'll I'll report back tomorrow on that one. But uh, it might might be the first couple of years, and then it sort of goes on a rotation. But I will track that one down. Anyway, that's all in front of us on Saturday night. Before we get to Saturday night, we need a winner or two tonight. We've got these big. Uh, show finals tonight at Redcliffe. There's 10 races. We kick off at 5.15. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky card, that's for sure, with um, some of those races. But I thought in race seven, horse four, last call, certainly looked to get her chance for another win. She's in, been in the money at each of her Queensland starts and uh, had some tough draws. I think she can get the right gate here, settle close enough, and that's the type of race that she can certainly win. So race seven, horse four, last call. 225 with tab fixed price right now so that's the best bet what else stands out for you tonight yeah there's one there that i thought was good each way value uh in race two horse one for vaux major um four runs back it's over the 2040 this race and four runs back over that same trip uh, he was able to win um went home over the top good victories been unplaced in his runs since then i thought he gets the opportunity here to um, with that 2040 metre starting point, burrow through early. You can either release for the trail and from there uh, get the ideal trip with a few of these, I think, going to be struggling at that middle distance, which can tend to happen. So each way shot, race two, horse one for Vaux Major. All right, so he's $6 the win, $2 the plays currently with tab fixed prize. That's the value. Uh, how do we play the quaddy tonight, races five through eight? Yeah, I thought in that uh, opening leg, um, I got rolled in gold number four on top. She'd been campaigning at Albion Park, got back to Redcliffe and cashed in straight away last time out. So she'll be thereabouts again. Mr Hart, um, he's going really well. 
wins at his past two that he steps up to the 2040 but going well enough Gregora number nine good win last time out he can certainly power over the top as well so we'll go four five nine the second leg race six one of these show finals uh, play wide I've got Gillaby Gizmo on top uh, I thought from gate one he's a good stand start horse he was um, got a couple of wins at the Ecker in some of those races so he can be thereabouts rock and roll to Gama good Albion Park winner last time out that followed a couple of show runs delightful rainbow who's been supported in the market already and number nine major miss the 10 meters might be a bit much but she can certainly feature so one nine eleven twelve third leg race seven happy to go one out with last call like i mentioned i think she is a good bet there and in the final leg another one of the show races uh, i've got number four man of action on top didn't get a win through the show period um, but probably be one that i think should be better suited just a little bit bigger track here um, he's a two-time redcliffe winner he's lovable he led throughout at albion park on friday he'll be sort of tucked away here he's off the second line behind a, a wall of horses number one Waitley should be getting away well from the front tape and always at night never too far away so we'll go one four seven and eight i think you could certainly play a little bit wider in some of those as well so uh, that's the quaddy with two legs of those standing start series so if the eureka's your your new format that everyone likes tonight's probably a bit more of the traditional format with four standing start races capacity fields yeah, it's not going to be easy that's for sure so it would have been difficult doing the form on some of those races so just repeating your numbers for the quaddy tonight four five nine into one nine eleven and twelve four only in that third leg and we bring it home with numbers one four seven and eight so 48 dollars for 100 percent of the dividend yeah, and like I said, I think you can certainly play wider in some of those some of those show races. Certainly going to be tough and should be nice and even, that's for sure. All right. So we've got harness racing tomorrow at Albion Park, Friday night, Saturday night. Just a quick scan of Saturday night's fields. A couple of nice horses back in action there on Saturday night. Did anything jump off the page for you early? Yeah, well, um, certainly a good night there. I thought Melton Beach... Um, race one number one he's coming back from a spell finds a tough race but um, he likes to go forward so beach villa will be camped right there so that'll be a good race and uh, you know that that open race there um, i guess it's one of those races that uh, divided conditions so um, interesting how that's going to line up future assured with how he won the other night you think he's going to be pretty hard to beat um good win interesting talking to trent dawson and those two horses i would re really like to have um, seen them given their opportunity down at menangle but not to be for trent unfortunately didn't uh, didn't quite work out but um that'll be a good race future assured he seems a very nice horse in the making yeah absolutely he was uh, stunning last week no question about that so he goes around in race number seven we'll talk more about albion park on friday morning and we'll get your final tip for the Eureka and uh, maybe a, a couple of other tips as well along the line. Hey, Darren, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll touch base again on Friday. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Chris.